Welcome back to The Cole Show with comedian Ricky Cole. How you doing today? America, I don't know where we're going. The Republican Party has shown us who they really are. They took a vote to try to fix the voting rights laws in America. And the first thing they did was vote to block it. Every fucking Republican is against blacks having rights. Every one of them. They don't want to live with us in America. So they played games and their parents played the games way before the children took over the game. And now the children say, fuck it. We want to go back to the times when black folks were servants and didn't have no rights. Back to their childhood days, back in the 50s. They don't care about gay rights because, you know, they won't have them soon either. <clears throat> Women rights, you see what they're doing. <clears throat> and the Democratic Party act like they just don't get it. <clears throat> We're watching our democracy die because some few rich pricks mistreated when they was kids I said it once I'm saying it again um, you know how fucked up you have to be mentally even though you're an overachiever to be a minority in the Republican Party to go along with them taking your people rights away and you're helping them you tell me does that make any sense to you Because if they take away your people rights, don't you think in your head, you ignorant fuck, that they're going to take your fucking rights too? You know, overachieved black people and brown, if you believe in this, if you believe in the Republican fucking fascist white nationalist party and go along with this shit, because Clarence Thomas did, He helped gut the fucking Voting Rights Act. Then he helped do it again. Put another knife in the back of the Voting Rights Act. Something that Martin Luther King and Margaret Everson and every black person that I can't even name right now fought for our fucking rights, at least to get something 50-some years ago. And these motherfuckers gonna go along with letting white supremacy take our rights away? Do you tell me, America, does that make any fucking sense? Out of all the shit we all been through. Trying to make this a perfect union. But for some fucking reason. Some spoiled ass brats. Don't want us to have a fucking union. So they go out and team up with some fucking racist motherfuckers from Austria. Spread white nationalists all around the world. Using fucking ignorant ass Facebook. Because money, this is old money we're fighting. And Joe Biden, he's sleep. The man can't even keep up with what's going on. It's too much. He's too old. 
So our democracy slowly take another knife in the back. She's on her knees, finding out half of the cops won't get the fucking vaccine. Police officers supposed to serve and protect, but their white supremacy there. The Oak Keepers, the Proud Boys, the Boogaloos, Steve Bannon fucking sticking his fucking middle finger up at the Constitution. See, these people are above the law because they feel that they are the law. This is their land that their grandpappy stole and made other people work to make it what it is today. And now we got to deal with this shit. We got fucking people out there acting a fool about race. Don't want to hear race. Don't understand race because you was taught in a white supremacy ideology that this is what it is. White man always got the shit. Standing on other fucking people's backs. Haiti's a shithole right now. And what you do to make yourselves feel good, you go down there and do some Christian charity work. Well, they want $17 million because, hey, y'all just blow money down there. Just, oh, those poor Haitians, let me pat myself on the back in God's name. But over here, you're taking our rights away in the name of your white Jesus. I can't take this anymore. This is our country. This is the fucked up America. So, for you out there who's not paying any attention to this, what's going on? I'm going to tell you right now. America's done for. It's fucking done. Because Joe Biden, he's trying to push his infrastructure bill. Joe Manson thinking about jumping. Well, he was already a Republican. Now he's going to be stuck in between. I hope Mitch O'Connell never let that motherfucker. Oh, wait a minute. Mitch can't do shit for him. Donald Trump's party. So he's going to play independent. His career is over. Get on his yacht and sail away. If he do, if he that fucked up to do that, to let Mitch O'Connell, that white nationalist motherfucker who fucked us up four years under Donald Trump rule, would you think he wouldn't start killing America one more time? He's the grim fucking reaper. Chuck Schumer is, he's trying, but see, he bought and paid for it too. He can't believe what's going on. He's still in denial because see, he was up the ladder. Even though he's a Jewish man, he's up the ladder with them. He was from Europe. His ancestors were. Like everybody who's, you know, who's not kissing white nationalist ass, you know, we always got to be at the bottom. So, collaborators. <clears throat> That's what we have here in these United States, collaborators. So, every educated black man who is a Republican Party is collaborated to a party <clears throat> planning on overthrowing our democracy. And so far, they 2-0. Democrats, get up off your asses if you want to see our so-called democracy. I'll be right back. Gotta give me some water. I can't believe this. With this crazy show, I'm going to play some of the clips. Man, you can't, will not believe this shit. I was right all the time. That's why I stopped. I didn't even get started really doing comedy shows. 
because I've seen what the fuck is going on, man. The Republican Party is a threat to our democracy. When the fuck are we going to wake up and acknowledge that these guys willing to overthrow our democracy one way or the other? And they tried one way, now they're trying the other. I'll be right back. Where did we go wrong? We went wrong when we let Rupert Murdoch get a television network on cable. Where did we go wrong? When we let dark money influence our politics. Where did we go wrong? We went wrong when Richard Nixon decided to declare the war on drugs. See, it was always about taking our rights away. It was never about a a unified United States of America. That Statue of Liberty meant for Europeans, not for us. You know? And they didn't like all Europeans, but hey, they wasn't us. They weren't the brown and the blacks. You see how they really think about it? Just look at Haiti and look at Africa. Donald Trump called call our dark countries shitholes. You know, you don't let them over here. They got AIDS, they got diseases, you know. They criminals, they this. The dog whistling, man. Donald Trump was, you know, when they went and picked Donald Trump, the Republican Party, got behind Donald Trump. I knew they was fucked up then. You know, they wanted someone like Donald Trump to lead them and their clan into power and to let them keep power and run the country into the ground like they want to. Because everything for them, nothing for you. They have white kids out here who done riled up, got their guns. Oh yeah, that's why they passed the gun laws. The NRA and this new carry company, whatever, carry, I have a right to carry my gun. So, you know, if you're black, you know, I have no gun. You know, conceal carry, yeah. All of that shit going on. They're arming themselves. They want an armed insurrection. They really do. They really fucking do. And I don't know how we're going to get over this shit and how we're going to get through it, but they've been feeding this shit, this poison to these people for a very long time, and now they fucking... They drunk off of it. They willing... They're willing to overthrow our democracy, man. One way or the other, like I said earlier, one way or the other, they're going to destroy this democracy. In case you didn't know it, Joe Biden is the president of the United States in name only. Someone else is running the White House. We're not going to take it anymore. I see a civil war coming. The Trump revolution has just begun. We renew our call for a fair and nonpartisan investigation into the death of Ashley Babbitt. It's Arizona Attorney General Mark Brnovich. We've gotten a lot of calls, a lot of emails, but there's one thing people definitely want to see. They want to see more Chucks. People, you want more Chucks? We had 40,000 Brazilians come through the Yuma sector alone, headed for Connecticut, wearing designer clothes and Gucci bags. Halloween has come early here because nothing on this rule bill says debt limit in, in, in this rule i mean i'll lend him my glasses it says in the in the title 
uh, increase the public debt limit. I, mean, I don't know how much clearer it could be. It's in the title. Our culture today is trying to completely demasculate all of the young men in our culture. And so I'm telling you, all of you moms here, the people who I said were the most vicious in our, uh, in our movement, if you are raising a young man, please raise them to be a monster. Vice President Kamala Harris, because that's still a thing, uh, she hired these child-paid actors to pretend to like her. Let's just say Texas does get a vote in the future and votes for a Texit. Do you think other states would follow Texas out of the union? And how would Texas defend itself if it did break away? Would, would Texas have nuclear weapons? I also want to invite Kim from Chesapeake. She's carrying an American flag that was carried at the peaceful rally with Donald J. Trump on January 6th. I pledge allegiance to the flag. And that was brought to you by the Lincoln Project, some patriots that is fighting fascism. That's what we're up against, man. We're going to lose our democracy to those fucking nuts. I mean, they're fucking nuts. They're gone. They're completely a fucking... They're gone. I don't know what else to say. Hmm. Hmm. I don't. Um. Look. How can I put this? Our politicians are going to have to wake up and believe in our democracy again. Because we are people who don't. And they don't care about us. They don't care if we die from COVID. They don't care. They don't care if we had food on the table. They don't care. They don't care if we had a roof over our heads. They don't care. All they want is power. And that's it. Do, however, appear to reveal one thing. They suggest that President Trump was personally involved in the planning and execution of January 6th. And this committee will get to the bottom of that. Whoa. Donald Trump personally involved? <laughs> Insurrectionists injured more than 140 police officers. Five people died. And the circumstantial case against Trump was already strong. The violence that day was in direct response to President Trump's repeated claims from election night through January 6th that he had won the election. We're gonna walk down to the Capitol. What about Trump advisor, Steve Bannon? The day before this all occurred on January 5th, Mr. Bannon publicly professed knowledge that quote, all hell is going to break loose tomorrow, end quote. He forecast that the day would be and what most Americans expected. And before that day, there is evidence Bannon and Trump spoke with each other directly. Based on the committee's investigation, it appears that Mr. Bannon had substantial advanced knowledge of the plans for January 6th. The American people are entitled to Mr. Bannon's firsthand testimony about all of these relevant facts. But as the chairman noted, Mr. Bannon is refusing to provide it. 
because he has categorically refused to appear, we have no choice but to seek consequences for Mr. Bannon's failure to comply. In other words, Steve Bannon is now facing the prospect of jail time for contempt as the January 6th committee draws closer to Donald Trump. Hello, everybody. I'm David Schuster, and thanks for joining us. Legal experts say the claims of privilege being asserted by Steve Bannon are absurd, and one can only conclude that Bannon's refusal to tell the committee about his conversations with Donald Trump leading up to January the 6th are because he and Mr. Trump have something to hide. There is no other explanation, and the evidence is growing by the day that Donald Trump personally knew about, advised, and encouraged the planners and facilitators of the January 6th insurrection. Soon, all Republicans will again have to make a choice. Do they stand with Donald Trump or do they stand for democracy and the rule of law? There is good reason to be fearful about the choice many Republicans will make. Still, a few GOP lawmakers, including Liz Cheney, are making a valiant effort to speak the truth and shame their fellow Republicans in Congress. You all know that there is no evidence of widespread election fraud sufficient to have changed the results of the election. The Dominion voting machines were not corrupted by a foreign power. Former President Trump repeats them almost daily. As Cheney noted, America is entitled to know the full truth about January the 6th. That effort will take a while and will not be easy, particularly given people like Bannon and Donald Trump, who clearly don't give a damn about the rule of law. But a new determination seems to have gripped the January 6th committee to hold Donald Trump and the insurrection planners accountable. Are we really gonna do that? Are we gonna just fucking play games? I'll be right back with a little bit more of this crazy show. We never stopped fighting the Civil War. I was watching C-SPAN the other day and they was having a hearing to hold Steve Bannon accountable for disrespecting the Constitution of these United States and the laws and I noticed that Republicans who took the oath to uphold the Constitution showing their true colors letting the world know that they are worse than Benedict Arnold and it blew my mind because I'm sitting there listening to these guys defend something that is so wrong someone who planned and plotted to overthrow our democracy I, you know, I can't believe that so-called patriots love the Constitution, wrapping themselves in the flag, will wipe their asses with it. And then I seen January the 6th, how they gin up their base. A bunch of low-educated, don't want to know anything about nothing people. I'm talking about the ones who, critical race theory, what's critical about it? It's race. There's no theory. See? Critical. <laughs> There's nothing critical about it. It happened. It was reality. Well, there's critical race theory. I don't want my kid to be taught that white people are racist. But yet, it's not about white 
There's no such thing as white, brown, and yellow. We're human beings. Ignorance, power, create racism. Because only those in power can be racist. See, a poor white person can't be racist. They can be very fucking ignorant. But only the people with power can be racist. What I mean by that, what the Supreme Court is doing to women rights, right to choose, the right to get an abortion. They putting the will of a few on you because they don't, oh, I don't want to get an abortion, but I don't want no one else to get an abortion. See how that works? Their, their, their hangups is fucking your life up. And that's where we at now in America. Meanwhile, we're falling apart because we can't come together even to come up with an infrastructure bill to help the citizens because, oh my God, for some reason, we now worried about the deficit and for some reason, some rich guys want to squeeze the fucking supply chain and now we have inflation because they're not going to let you have money in your pockets that they think that the government gave you. Ooh, let's take that shit away from them. Quick, quick, quick. So let's jack up some prices. It's all the game. Only people can be racist are those who can play with rockets. Those can act like politicians like um, Lindsey Graham, Mitch O'Connell. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. Hide from the world. You know that Mormon guy? <laughs> they have power. They have hang-ups. And maybe, you know, we got why we got to pay the price for their hang-ups white supremacy have hang-ups you notice they mostly privileged pricks for some reason you can gen up the masses look through time look at history a king a privileged prick go into the fucking peasants and declare hey we need some soldiers to fight the war for the kingdom that you guys don't have shit to do with just make me feel better that I'm the king of all this land this is my shit and you guys come on die for me Everybody have their clan. We got to fight for something. It's primitive. It's tribal. <clears throat> we could decorate it up with uh, education, but you notice America's not that bright. I think we're lagging way behind now. Chinese communists, ones that, you know, some of you Southern folks I'm always talking about that, oh my God, I hate socialism, communism. You know, that shit you like to throw out blindly, don't know what the fuck it means, but it's in a word salad. Um, the Chinese, those communists, those robots are going to our best universities, getting our best education and taking it back to their land. See, they're like a parasite. You know, once they invade, they're going to keep invading and feed and have you doped up off their dopamine. Okay, I'm saying you just so drunk with fucking money that you don't even see what they're doing. They're building a silk road. They're building islands in the middle of the fucking Yellow Sea. They know white America is going to fail because you're too busy being prejudiced. 
What the Chinese doing? They don't even know how to, You know the Chinese so good at being racist that they build concentration camps and say they call it re-education camps. That's some serious racist shit. But they can get away with it because they focusing on the economy and building their military up because America have gone nuts, completely nuts, when someone stands in the middle of the house and defend a traitor. I'll be right back with the rest of this crazy show. Check this shit out. You're going to be listening to Republicans trying to defend Steve Bannon, Donald Trump, the insurrectionists, by trying to spin it. What you're going to be listening to, I recorded off a of C-SPAN. When you want to listen to something without being filtered, you go to C-SPAN and listen to the argument out of their mouths. And it got me, man. It really did. It really got me because I'm listening to white supremacists who took an oath to uphold this constitution argue to uphold a traitor and it hurts knowing that these people serving in our country they're the threat they was the threat all the time that's what the Russians knew and when the Iron Curtain fell we had fascists over there and the racists and the fascists here teamed up And with money and influence and buying and bribing, you end up with a constitution that is flawed. A constitution, a constitution, following the constitution. What the fuck are you talking about? Become blurry. The Republican Party, so-called Supreme Court, they don't follow the constitution. They follow the rules from their paymasters, their friends at their country clubs. The ones who pat themselves on the back and drink martinis and have catered dinner parties. The privilege, the ruling class. There's two ruling classes in this country and they're fighting. One call themselves Republicans or conservatives. The other one call themselves Democrats and liberals. But it's really the ruling class, the puppet masters, the ones way on top, can get a representative to stand on television in front of the world and say some crazy shit like this. But that's exactly what the select committee is doing, conducting an illicit criminal investigation into American citizens. Steve Bannon was a private citizen before, after, and during January 6th. So why is the select committee interested in Steve Bannon? It's simple. He is a Democrat Party boogeyman. The select committee despises Steve Bannon's politics. So they're abusing their power to put him in jail. The committee explained it's seeking documents for Mr. Bannon 
because he helped, quote, construct and participated in the permitted and legal Stop the Steal rally. To date, the Select Committee has subpoenaed 11 other private citizens for organizing the Stop the Steal rally. Here, in the land of the free, 12 American citizens are under congressional investigation for the sole crime of planning a legal political protest. Never in the history of Congress has a committee or a political party stooped so low. Congress has no authority to conduct criminal investigations. Congress can only issue subpoenas that serve a legislative purpose. The question that the committee must answer is, why are they seeking information about a permitted political rally? What legislative purpose does that serve? Is the committee considering laws to limit Americans' right to political protest? It's clear that the select committee doesn't give a lick about Congress's subpoena authority. Does the committee share the same disdain for the First Amendment? I wouldn't put it past them. As we all know, the DOJ has a highly active criminal investigation into the January 6th attack. They've made something like 600 arrests. As I said, very active, even hyperactive, compared to the Biden DOJ's a typical reaction to political violence. But the Department of Justice's investigation isn't comprehensive. There are still questions that only Congress can answer. Congress still has a role to play. But the Select Committee has completely abandoned that role. Why else does the Select Committee want to hear from Mr. Bannon? Because on January 5th, Mr. Bannon warned that, quote, all hell was going to break loose tomorrow. So according to the select committee, no person could have predicted that violence might occur that day. According to the committee, that, that Mr. Bannon warned of violence on the 5th is proof that Mr. Bannon had, quote, foreknowledge of the attack on the 6th. Never mind that the FBI found that the attack wasn't coordinated. Never mind that the Capitol Police received actionable intelligence about a potential violence occurring weeks before the 6th. Never mind that every member of Congress, every single DC resident, every American with internet access knew that violence was a possibility on January 6th. The question the committee should be asking is this, how did the United States Capitol Police, the DC Metropolitan Police, and the FBI all have no clue that quote, all hell was going to break loose. Steve Bannon, a private citizen, uh -huh. knew. So why didn't the Capitol Police have enough riot shields? No. Why did it take multiple hours to deploy the National Guard? These are worthwhile questions and Congress has a duty to answer them. Because January 6th was an enormous intelligence failure. There was a breakdown in security. A breakdown that was repeated on Good Friday when Officer Billy Evans was brutally murdered. Sean. The issues that plagued the Capitol Police on January 6th have not been fixed. In fact, according to a Capitol Police whistleblower, oh, no. the officers most responsible for the intelligence failure on the 6th were promoted by Speaker Pelosi's team. To be clear, the Select Committee is engaged in an unconstitutional 
political investigation, a sham investigation conducted by a sham committee that refuses to answer real questions about what happened on January 6th. Now I'll let you listen to that traitor. What you just heard was pure bullshit. They don't want to get to the bottom because they already know what the fucking bottom is. See, that's the game. To sit there and play this political bullshit. See, the reason I call this series Politics is War and War is Politics because what you just heard was pure bullshit. And that's the war. They're fighting it in the realm of politics. One side knows the truth, the other side lies. Lies in such an elegant way, you think he means the truth. And he doesn't have no meaning. It's just word salad. Something he threw together to justify his his racism, his prejudices, and his insurrectionists to destroy the Union. I call it insurrection because it's disgusting because if they win, our Union is destroyed. These guys are elegant and they're educated. When I mean they're rich, they're rich. That argument right there was very convincing to stupid people. See, they know how to argue in such an elegant way that you don't understand. It's like another language. They're actually fussing over our Constitution. They're actually saying on one side, we want to destroy it. We want something new. The other side, no, the old shit works. But they don't want to hear that shit. They want to get rid of it because too many brown and blacks and yellows are moving up. Meanwhile, the Chinese is stealing all our knowledge, going to our best universities, and we fucking arguing over can we fund four years of community college. You think the Chinese communists is arguing over that shit? Nah, they educating their people because they want China to be strong. And they know the only way China could be the strongest in the world is through his citizens. Everyone educated, everyone strong, China is strong. But you can't see that shit in America. You know why? Because we too busy, what? Being tribal. You have to listen to someone sit there, stand there and lie <laughs> and go home and eat a steak and go to sleep with no conscience. We see how the Supreme Court is rigged with a bunch of people with no conscience. They programmed. They've, they've been programmed. That's all I can say. Thanks to the daughters of the Confederacy. They're the ones who programmed them. They're the ones who turned them into a bunch of walking zombies. Um, racist puppets continue the fight of ignorance and it was educated right here in the great land of the United States they went to the best universities but see one thing you do to a child when you want them to be a certain way you lie barbecue or a picnic for his slaves. Then they had a great frolic. Even while working in the cotton fields, they sang songs. The beat of the music and the richness of their voices made work seem light. 
Yikes, that's from History of Georgia, a textbook published in 1954 that was taught across junior high schools in Georgia for decades. That sort of language is part of an intellectual movement called the Lost Cause, a distorted version of American Civil War history that's been prevalent in the South for a long time. It took shape soon after the defeat of the Confederate States in the war, when Southern historians like Edward Pollard and former Confederate General Jubal Early started preserving the South's perspective through their writings. They framed the Confederate cause as a heroic defense of the Southern way of life against the overwhelming forces in the North. That narrative has a few basic tenets. The glorification of Confederate soldiers who died for a cause they believed in, the belief that slavery was a benevolent institution, and maybe most importantly, that slavery was not the root cause of the war. The Lost Cause is one of the most notoriously effective efforts to rewrite history, and it was done by the losing side. So how did it become so deeply rooted in Southern memory? Blame the United Daughters of the Confederacy. The UDC was founded in Nashville in 1894 to preserve Confederate culture for generations to come. The women who made up the group descended from elite antebellum families, and they used their social and political clout to spread the pro-Southern version of the war as real history. You've probably seen their efforts to honor the Confederacy, but maybe you didn't know it was the UDC. They're the ones who covered the Southern landscape with memorials for Confederate leaders and soldiers. They used their fundraising and lobbying skills to pressure local governments into erecting monuments in prominent public spaces like courthouses and state capitals. Installed here next to the state capitol by the United Daughters of the Confederacy. The United Daughters of the Confederacy donated this memorial to the city back in the 30s. They put them along roadsides and in parks. Any place that was remotely relevant to the Confederacy was memorialized. By the early 20th century, the UDC had 100,000 members and chapters spread all over the country, but mostly in former Confederate states. And there's a reason they grew so quickly during that time. So we're talking about roughly three decades after the end of the war, and the Confederate veterans themselves are beginning to die off. So there is this push to find ways to commemorate it, because the big challenge by 1900 was there's a new generation of white Southerners being born, and they never experienced the, the war years. That push is visible. Most of the Confederate monuments were erected during the UDC's height of influence. There's a rhetoric around monuments that we want to get the, this thing built before all of that generation has died off, and the reason we want it is to teach future generations about those men. Dr. Karen Cox wrote the book on the UDC, and I asked her if it was fair to say the group established the lost cause as historical fact in the South. Oh my God, yeah. They were the leaders of the lost cause into the 20th century, and they made it a movement about vindication. Just to give you an idea of how effective they were, they successfully lobbied for a Confederate memorial in Arlington National Cemetery, which U.S. President Woodrow Wilson proudly unveiled to a cheering crowd. Now that's influence, right? Monuments are the least of what they did. Uh, what? I mean, they, they are the most visible and tangible, but the work with children was far more influential. It turns out a central UDC objective is shaping how children think about the war and their Southern heritage. One of their most powerful tools, textbooks. Take a look at this pamphlet called A Measuring Rod for Textbooks. It was written by the illustrious Southern historian, Miss Mildred Rutherford, an educator, orator, and author of Southern history textbooks. She's also very pro-slavery. The pamphlet announced the formation of a textbook review committee featuring prominent Southerners like five former Confederate generals. This group was committed to spreading the truths of Confederate history, so they instructed school boards to reject any textbooks that did not accord full justice to the South. And they urged libraries to deface every book in their collection that didn't measure up by writing the words unjust to the South 
South, clearly on its cover. This pamphlet was shared widely with school boards throughout the South, and UDC-backed committees closely monitored history books to make sure Northern influence never reached classrooms. So the core language of an approved textbook aligned precisely with that of the lost cause. You know, stuff like, The Confederacy lost in the war between the states, but Georgia never forgot to honor her Confederate soldiers. History of Georgia was on the UDC's approved list. It was also written by E. Merton Coulter, a self-described Southern historian and historian-described white supremacist. They understand that how you educate, who wins the writing game, who wins the, the battle over history, ultimately wins the war. That's the big fight for the UDC. But their work with children went further than the classrooms. The UDC formed an auxiliary group called the Children of the Confederacy, which was designed to get kids born in former Confederate states to actively participate in their version of history. Group leaders had kids recite call and response truths from something called the Confederate Catechism. Children up to the age of 18 would compete and be rewarded for memorizing long passages of lost cause rhetoric. So it would be like an after school thing, you know, like that was your club. You would go after school to the meeting of the children of the Confederacy and your leader might teach you songs of the South like Dixie or other songs that were considered Southern patriotic songs. They would have them write essays, go visit the veterans, and learn this catechism. Children were also the centerpiece of their community's monument unveilings, like this living flag at the dedication of the Stonewall Jackson Monument in Richmond. Yes, those are school children. The UDC's efforts shaped the identities of children who grew up with the lost cause. They made history personal, and that made their story last longer. Generations of generations of children learning that narrative in a variety of ways grow up to be you know, segregationist in the 50s and 60s, because that's been drilled into them since they were children. After World War One, the UDC started losing steam, but the damage was done. The monuments were in place, and the textbooks they wrote remained in Southern classrooms until the late 70s. And the women's group did it all without the right to vote or participate in politics. You can still get glimmers of this lost cause memory of the war from people who will always choose to see it through the personal. And I think the UDC, to a great extent, was that was their goal. So the next time someone says the Confederate monuments are about remembering our history, just know that that's exactly what the United Daughters of the Confederacy wants you to think. And that's the truth. Those dead ghosts, those dead ghosts, they're fucking ghosts. And their evil spirit lies in our democracy. I mean, think about it, right? These daughters of the Confederacy was white lilies, won the Civil War by rewriting history. So it makes sense that a senator or a representative can stand there and vote against everything that can help this country and move it forward. Because they don't want it to move forward as long as black and brown people have to to participate in it. They don't want us to be part of this fabric of democracy. They want it all for themselves. If that shit ain't tribal, what is? They overlook every... You know what? As long as we're behind them, because I remember I listened to a documentary and the lady said, I don't, I don't ever see a black man. And, no, it went like this, excuse me. I'm going to do it right. Oh, this is the cold show. No. Let me see. It went like this. It went. I never had no love for a Negro. 
Never. Mm-mm. I always want a nigga to stay behind me because I don't have no love for a nigga. Yes, that was on a documentary. Mm. And it was an old news reel. And there's another lady said, there's no rights a black man have that a white man has to respect. Came from the Supreme Court. Are we surprised that our Supreme Court is just as corrupt today as it was then? We're up against the children of the Confederacy. They're a strong tribe. They teamed up with some fascists. Another strong tribe. Now the liberals and the so-called moderates, they can't get their shit together and they're going to lose. So we're going to have to pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. We're going to have to take to the streets and we're going to have to fucking fight for our rights. Now, ladies, you out there pissed off because Texas fucking up your abortion rights and Florida going to follow. And you know Georgia's right behind and Mississippi can't wait to catch up. You're going to lose it. But if we get in this fight together, standing for our rights, and hey, I'm not Dave Chappelle. I'm not going to freaking bash the gays or the LBQ people. I just want you guys to know, come on and join the fight. Because you have a fight. God knows you have a fight. You're fighting from both sides. So come on. You know, you are human beings. You know, we have to fight together to win. Because you have rights. I have rights. And we all have rights. And we don't want to lose our rights. And the only way we can keep our rights is if we fight together. So overlook all the bullshit and come together. You know what I'm saying? We have to understand each other. And people too ignorant sometimes to understand each other's culture. Everybody has feelings. And everybody have the right to be happy. You've been listening to The Cold Show. Um, let you know, I want you guys to understand we're in a fight, okay? And we're all in this together. That's all I can say. So keep your eyes open. Tell everyone about my show. I want a million people listening to my crazy show. I'm just keeping it real. You've been listening to The Cold Show. I'm comedian Ricky Cole. Have a good night.